Hey, happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome to our Thriving Lives podcast, to our weekly Zoom call. Um, Tonight's topic is going to be on the life cycle of dieting. Um, I was trying to find a a fun, kind of clever name to kind of go with this. So it was either that or the the seasons of dieting that we kind of go through. Um, So essentially, um, how how we'll kind of start with this is, you know, the broken dieting lifestyle is what most people know and live despite countless efforts to kind of break that cycle. Um, sadly, this is a lot of this is going to kind of sound familiar to, to our listeners here. So um, you get to the point in your life where enough is enough. And, and for everybody there, your, your motivations, your reasons for starting to trying to lose weight, um, you, you find whatever that motivation is. So whether that's, you don't like the number of the scale, you don't, you know, you, you feel tired all the time, your confidence is down, you loathe and just hate getting dressed before leaving the house, whether that's for work or for a social gathering or something or something like that. Uh, whatever your cal- uh, catalyst is though, you decide to lose weight ultimately. Um, and your path to lose that weight would look one of hundreds of different ways. Maybe you tried keto. Maybe it was slim fast back in the day. I don't even know if slim fast is still around. Um, Shakeology. I know I have a couple of clients here that that have done that. Um, intermittent fasting. While that that's not a a um, super drastic change, you know, it's still a, a focus that people can can obviously see results with. You know, insert you know insert whatever fad dieting approach you've tried, or maybe it wasn't even a fad diet. Maybe you were just trying to be more mindful. And make cut, you know, cutbacks on eating processed food, maybe eating out less. And maybe that was a gradual, you know, changes that you made in getting to the point of losing that weight. You know, you ate, you ate less and you exercise more. Um, and you continue this approach until one of a couple of different things happen. Whether that was you finally reach your goal weight or your goal look, you know, clothes started feeling better. Maybe you were uh, a big motivator for you was to get ready for this vacation coming up, getting ready for a big milestone birthday, getting ready for you know, uh, a family or maybe not family, but a, uh, a school reunion of, of some sort, whatever that reason was, you eventually got to that goal. And, you know, I, I can sit here and say that maybe the way that you got there wasn't the best route, but regardless, you got there and you conquered that goal. Now here, here's where people kind of get stuck at. Um, you either choose to live there with whatever you did to get there. So let's say, let's just say you were eating less and less and less, and you just continued cutting out calories, cutting out meals until you got to your goal weight. Well, then you get stuck in this, in this, this, this purgatory of of dieting where you don't want to eat more because you don't want to gain that weight back. But now you're restricted to X amount of calories because that's worked to get you to this point and it's working to maintain, but now you don't know where to go with it. So then you get stuck in this, in this point where it's, do I, continue just eating the same thing forever. Do I eat more and, and, you know, and, and kind of try to overcome that fear of gaining some weight back, or you end up probably doing, you know, the first thing where you just try to live there and stay there. And then something happens, whether you finally get to that goal or you get to that vacation date, or maybe, you know, a holiday pops up, whether that was, you know, J- July 4th, and maybe you were cutting going into Thanksgiving or whatever, the, you know, whatever time period during the year looks like, and then you fall off. Or you just get to the point of saying enough is enough. Like, I'm, I'm now I'm tired of this cutting. I'm tired of being restricted. And maybe you just want to give yourself a week or two weeks of kind of freedom, but then it's really, really hard to get that back. Um, and so that's, essentially kind of the, the the cycle that people get into and it's this, this broken cycle where they they cut 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 they and then they go on a binge or they get to the point where they just they say screw it for a little bit and then before 
you know, before too long, it's been months before they even got, you know, back into the gym or focused on their diet or whatever their habits were that, that helped them kind of get to that point. And so the optimal way to do this, um, this is, this is a bodybuilding approach, but it works with anybody and everybody. And that's called the reverse diet. Um, right here on this call, Krista and Kaylee, you guys have been crushing reverse diets probably the past six months, give or take. Um, the reverse diet is, is, is super, super important. Again, I started off by saying this, that, you know, this is what a strategy that bodybuilders will use. So the same thing is applied to a normal person, a normal person, just trying to lose weight is you cut, cut, cut. And some of the, the side effects of losing weight and of eating in a calorie deficit and burning more calories than what you're intaking is your body starts down regulating all of its basic system uh, systems. So your sex hormones, your thyroid, your metabolism, um, all these different, um, you know, basic functions of your body start down-regulating, especially a female's body, even more so than, than a male's body. Um, and what happens with that is these things kind of get out of whack and then that, that weight loss kind of gets harder with it. Well, so if you just live down there um, at that lowest weight, at that lower calories for that, that period of time, all these things are being damaged as a side effect of that, that lower calorie intake or that lower micronutrient intake. And so that's where we don't want to live at this point where, hey, maybe you ate maybe you did it wrong and you ate 800 calories for months on end. And, and, and that's not necessarily wrong, but at the same time, it's doing a lot, a lot of damage, even though you are trying to, you know, you are successfully losing that weight. But so whether that was the approach that you did or whatever the other approach was, is we don't want to live in this calorie deficit um, being super, super restricted. You know, if you're doing keto, keto is a great tool for fat loss. It's a great way to, con to control blood sugar. But at the same time, it's not extremely sustainable. Um, you're cutting, you're, you're fully cutting out entire, entire food groups. You know, you're minimizing now your micronutrient intake from fruits and veggies. Maybe not so much in veggies, but at least from fruits. Um, so again, those things are not sustainable for the very, very long term. So once we get to that goal, whether it was, you know, the pounds lost, the look, the feel, the big special occasion, the big event, whatever that, whatever that was for you, is now we want to slowly start titrating things back up. We want to slowly start integrating more and more calories on a very gradual basis. I always use the the the, uh, the analogy here of like a bonfire in your backyard. You don't want to take a very small flame that you just got going and toss on a giant log because it's going to stamp out that fire. Instead, we want to stoke that fire. We want to gradually add to it. And so that fire gets bigger. That's your metabolism. We want to gradually feed that metabolism so it speeds up. So for the average person um, who just wants to, to lose weight, have a better body composition, things of that nature, there are two phases that we will we'll live in for a while. We'll do the cut phase and then we'll do the reverse diet phase. So actually three phases, because in the third, the third phase would be the maintenance phase. And this is what so many people, they completely skip the reverse diet and they completely skip the maintenance phase. Um, instead, they cut, 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 cut. They get their goals accomplished by that. And then they end up accidentally gaining weight back. Whether again, that's you're, you're falling off, you're becoming less consistent with what was working to get you down in that first place. Or again, you, 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 you give yourself that freedom for a couple of weeks that turns into a couple of months of kind of being off plan. And then that weight comes back usually even faster than what it was that you gained it. And, and so now it's tough. And so now you're just, you know, scratching and clawing just to maintain uh, still somewhat of an initial loss that you've, you know, your first loss, but now you're up 10, 15, 20 pounds incidentally. And, and now you're kind of stuck. So what we do is we do that reverse diet from that, that ground floor. Once we get you down to that point, we gradually build you back up. And then the next most important thing 
is to live in that maintenance is to get those calories up very, very high, or, or at least high for, for whoever you are and what you can actually handle on a daily basis and then stay there and live there with that higher metabolism, with that higher calorie count for a while and really let your hormones and everything else get back up into a really healthy and optimal spot. And then if you still have weight that you want to lose, if you still have body composition goals that you want to lose, or maybe during that during that time of reverse dieting and maintenance, maybe the scale did creep up just a little bit. Probably not nearly as much as what it would have if you hadn't reverse dieted. But so at this point, there might be more weight that you want to pull off. Well, if you had stayed in that massive calorie deficit and just lived there, and then that weight at, at accidentally crept up, now your 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 baseline, your metabolism, you, there's no room to cut from. And there might not be any room to add an exercise in what you're doing either, because maybe you're doing a lot of that already. And so we can't really add something to that and we can't really pull away any more food with it. So instead, by doing that reverse diet, by doing that long maintenance phase with the higher calories with it, now things get into a much more optimal spot. Then we can go back into another cut phase and pull off more weight. Um, so again, uh, and you know, Krista and Kaylee, you guys are very open on here anyway, always very talkative. Uh, with things. But so that's kind of what we've done with them. So we've broken that cycle of losing weight and binging, losing weight and binging. And now it's much more into that sustainable approach. And by going through these phases and really living in all those three different phases, you start understanding what works for your body. And you also understand that I can't just live in this calorie deficit for the long term. I have to kind of toggle back and forth between these, these different phases not in a rapid manner, but in a very, you know, I'm living in them for at least a couple months, if not, you know, five, six, seven months at a time before I'm, I'm going back into that next phase. Uh, so I'll, I'll stop talking now. If you guys have any questions or thoughts, uh, maybe experiences of doing either direction. I was kind of interested to hear you say like your systems um, and what effect a cut has on the rest of your body systems. Cause I was doing a cut postpartum and I thought, Oh, my hormones are just kind of figuring themselves out. Like I have no energy. My sex drive is not what it used to be. That didn't happen on the other um, post-pregnancy, but I was really successful at my cut. And so I am kind of feeling validated now that like, what my partner noticed and was verbalizing, there's actually like science to it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's even with us doing it, you know, you did it a very you, you did it the right way. We kept your calories as high as we could the entire time you were losing weight. You were losing weight at like 180 grams of carbs for a, a bulk of our cut. Um, so you were doing a good job with that. So I don't think things downregulated too, too much, but at the same time, you uh when, when we've been in that cut for so long, cause I think we were in it for, you know, a good chunk of time before we started reverse dieting. And so regardless, if you're losing weight, that means you're in a deficit and things will start, start downregulating, especially if you've been in it for a very long period of time. So usually what happened if we were more aggressive, um, and really slashing calories really got things low and things like that. But just the fact of our time length that we were spent in that cut, which wasn't a bad thing and it worked and we kept, you know, listening to your body and seeing that feedback. But, you know, once we saw things kind of plateau, I didn't really want to take things much lower and not to mention you had been in that deficit for so long that that's when things would even get worse with it. But yeah, I mean, um, just once you got to the lower side of your calories, that's when things do start downregulating, you know, so, so that would be sex drive. That would be, um, you know, thyroid and things like that. That's why I love getting, you know, thyroid checked and, um, uh, um, all the other, you know, uh, 
health markers there just to, to monitor things. That's why I personally will go get lab work done, you know, three, maybe even four times a year, uh, depending on what my phases are. So like I'm, I'm eager, you know, I've been in a, a bulk phase now for the past six months. So I'm sure here at the end of uh, probably the end of the summertime, I'll live in it a little bit longer because I just got lab work back um, about three months ago. So I want to get it done again. Now that's overkill for the average person. We don't need to do it that often. But I just I, I love data and I love seeing, you know, the relationship between what I'm doing and how my body's handling things. That also gives us that that look under the hood to see, OK, what could be better optimized here? And part of that's more learning fun for myself. But also, if I'm doing all this stuff, why not, you know, see if I can pull what, whatever levers to make things, you know, as as optimal as they can be. And then also be able to see my relationship between when things are optimal, how does my body respond like physically and, and by the look of it, especially as a bodybuilder. I'm just very interested in that. Lisa, you uh, you put the the surprise face. I, I think that was when I said uh, how many calories Krista was initially cutting it, and the the carbs because yeah. I'm not eating yeah. that many carbs. Yeah, it was a good it was a good surprise face. No, yeah, yeah, and 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 ideally, you know that that's the thing is we don't, you know, I started lifting weights because um, I love food. Like I want to be able to eat more food. I want to be able to. Uh, to not be so rigid with that and have a good relationship. And, and, and I have good balance with that as well. It's not like I'm just out here eating whatever, whenever um, there's, there's a, a method to the madness, but at the same time, I love food. I love being able, able to eat a lot. So I know if I'm using those calories in the right way, if I am manipulating my metabolism in the right way, I can eat more food like that. And so the way I kind of will pose that to people is, you know, if I said, you know, Lisa, you, you, if you were never going to lose another pound, would you rather do it at your current calories? Would you rather do it at double the calories? Um, so let's say, you know, me at 180 pounds, if I had to stay here at 180 pounds, I was never going to lose any more weight. Would I rather eat 2000 calories or have the freedom to be able to eat 4000 calories a day and maintain that 180? Well, through a reverse diet and a proper maintenance phase. Um, and again, you know, if I'm going out, if I get to that 4,000 calories and I'm still going out to eat five, six, seven times a, a week, and then also having my other meals on top of it, like I'm going to gain weight with that um, because I'm still eating in a, in a calorie surplus of, you know, 4,000 plus calories with it. Um, but yeah, it, the more food we can keep in, the less exercise, the less cardio we have to do to get that, that scale to move. That's just better because again, now we're, we're saving that for a time that's really, really needed. A lot of people, they get in such a big rush that they're like, okay, we lost weight this week. I want to lose more weight. I want to, I want to cut more food or I want to increase my, my, you know, uh, cardio is a huge thing is people will start off like, oh, I'm going to do, you know, 30 minutes cardio a day, or I'm going to do an hour of cardio a day or whatever the case is. Well, the downside with cardio is that our body becomes very, very adapted to it pretty quickly. Um, so before too long, 20 minutes cardio a day isn't enough. And then 30 minutes a day isn't enough. So we're constantly, you know, pulling on the lever of adding a little bit of cardio and then, um, you know, pulling back on food. But we also have to kind of work smarter and that smarter and not harder and not be so quick to pull back on food or to add more cardio in because now we're just, we're kind of wasting tools that we needed to use down the road versus right off the bat. You say there, Stevie. We've gone through all the seasons of diet multiple times. Have we already caused too much damage? What's the ideal time to begin seeing the changes? Great question. Um, so the first seasons that I was talking about, the, the broken version, the one where we lose weight, 
and then we gain it all back very, very quickly because we just said screw it or whatever happened. And we just gained that weight back pretty quickly. Um, that's the, that, that's that yo-yo dieting. That's that, that restricting and then binging, restricting and then binging. So that's what we don't want to do, obviously. Now in this situation, I'm going to, I'm going to assume that, that maybe that's what you meant. If we've done that too many times, I don't think anybody is broken with it, but the, the longer you've spent your life in that yo-yo state, maj- more than likely, at least in my experience, you're going to have to stay in that. Re- you're going to have to reverse diet for one, but you're going to have to stay in that maintenance phase a lot longer. And, 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 uh, you know, for, for me, if I was to, and I use myself as an example because I'm, I'm on it constantly year round for the most part, um, and very meticulous about the, the phases that I'm in essentially. Um, but so if I, uh, if I reverse diet up, and I stay at maintenance for a couple of months, I can, I can pull back on calories and I can start another cut phase. Now, should I probably not, I should probably still live in it a little bit longer as well, but I can do that because my metabolism is, is, has been practiced. I've used it in the right way and I've treated it well with that. In this situation though, if you have spent, you know, years and years or decades in that vicious yo-yo cycle like that, you're probably going to have to live in a maintenance phase a lot longer than what you want to. And this is one of those, those, those tough conversations, um, depending on somebody's, you know, whenever they onboard with me, uh, what their recent and long-term dieting history looks like, you know, I might have to say that, hey, weight loss is not going to happen right off the bat, or at least it's not our, our number one intention. My number one intention is to fix your metabolism. Um, I have a client that signed up a while back and she successfully lost a lot of weight. Um, and she kind of did it. She did it the right way. When she first started, just I, she cut back on snacks. You know, she stopped eating the snacks that, that people brought to her office. Um, then she stopped eating out as often. And she started just, she made really, really mindful cuts, which were great. But then she got more restrictive and then she eliminated breakfast. And then she got all the way down to probably, you know, 800 calories or so on a daily basis. And she lost, you know, 80 pounds doing that, which was great. You know, she got back to, to where she was, you know, before kids. But the downside of that, though, is that she cut so much of that calories is that now we're going to have to reverse diet up and we're going to have to really allow all of her internal systems, um, including her metabolism, to kind of speed back up and catch back up. Um, now, if, if you do it the right way, if you do it, what I'm saying, if you, you know, you cut, you reverse diet, you maintain, and then you go back through that same cycle, Um Every time we cut, it usually gets a little bit harder. Our body, it's almost like it recognizes what we're trying to do. And it's like, no, 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 not going to be that easy this time. And so every time we cut, it does get a little bit more difficult in terms of our, 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 uh, the way our body handles it, but mentally it becomes easier because we know what we're doing. We know what worked last time. We understand, we have a good understanding of the discipline that we want to do. We can usually get more tight with things because we've, we, we know what to expect with it. You know, we, we know what's coming with it. Um, what's the ideal time to begin seeing changes again. I think it totally depends. And, and that's why there's so many variables mixed into all that. Um, your entire history, your internal health, all that stuff is ultimately going to be what um, that along with the consistency that you have with the plan, that's all what's going to be determining um, your progress, um, and how fast we see weight loss. If we want to lose 10 pounds that might happen, you know, you might drop two or three pounds right off the bat. Um, that's honestly a very, very common thing to happen, but it's also very common to see things be absolutely stalled, or maybe the calories I'm asking you to eat, um, 
you just are not used to eating that much food and your, your body's kind of go through that little bit of a shock with it. So some people will gain a few pounds with it. Now, usually it's more water weight than anything else. It's not bad weight. Their bowel movements are healthier, their energy is better and things like that. So that's the other thing too, is that sometimes, you know, expectations are, are huge, especially when it comes to fat loss and, and, and a lifestyle change like this, because if you come into it thinking that, oh, I'm going to be down 20 pounds in the first month, well, that might happen, but that might also be too fast. That might also not happen, but that doesn't mean that you're you're doing something bad. Um, we have to just go into it with very a very very open mind, um, especially when you're trying somebody else's way um, versus something you've done before. Sorry if I just rambled there. I feel like I answered like six questions versus the one or two you actually asked. Good question though. Well, and I like how much information you gain about where someone's coming from, what their situation is. Because in both my pregnancies, I had that hypergravium where you you get like hospitalized. It's yeah. only like a single digit percent of people. You're that sick. And the only thing that makes you feel better is not the nausea medicines. You've tried all of them and they're hundreds of dollars, but it's just eating. So you're in this state of like, I don't want to be eating. I don't want my scale to go up like this, but just to like feel okay each day. Yeah. You're doing whatever you can. And then you're like, okay, now I need to claw my way out of this. And I need help with someone that has more knowledge than I do on how to do that. So I appreciate that you look at what are the habits? Where are you coming from? What's the life situation? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I appreciate that because I, I do try to really make it as individualized as possible and gather as much data as I can. But that, that's also two way street. You know, I can ask all these questions, um, but if, if a client doesn't want to answer them or if they don't want to be consistent with that communication with it, then my hands are tied. You know, I can only do what what you're kind of allowing with it. But to, to kind of take your point to to another step there, Krista, um, one of the other benefits to having a second pair of eyes, and this is the reason why I have coaches too, like whenever, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready for a show or something is when you're too close to it, sometimes you do panic or you do, you make overcorrections. That's why, you know, somebody had a bad weekend and they're like, I just ate zero carbs on Monday. No, that's not what you need to do. That's, that's the same vicious cycle that you've been stuck in forever is you binge all weekend and now you came into Monday restricting as hard as you could. You might have restricted all the way through the week. Well, great job. But now you're burnt out with that and now it's the weekend again and you're ready to eat some shit. So that's not the the approach either. And so my point in saying that though is that you know once you once you have the baby, whatever the case is, and you're really trying to get dialed in with things, you might be making too aggressive things, or you might be panicking when the scale didn't move, which is which is always so so common. And that's the reason why weekly check-ins are so so crucial. Because if I just said, hey, here's a diet, here's a workout, here's what I'm guessing you're going to lose, whatever the case is. Now don't talk to me and go follow this. Well, what happens? when when the scale plateaus for you maybe you saw results the first few weeks maybe you didn't maybe you're one of those people that you gained a couple pounds that first week it's nothing to panic about all i'm going to do is you know if i'm seeing that okay i think we need to pull back food that might be one thing or i might say hey i want you to stick with this one more week and i think we're going to see that that scale flatten back out and we'll start going downwards with it and then usually that does happen um but most people uh if if you were doing it by yourself you'd be like well should i just need to eat less food and so then we get into that vicious cycle again it's like eat less, do more, eat less, do more, eat less, do more. Well, eventually you can't eat much less 
without causing really, really poor, you know, a lot of damage to, to all those things that we have to then go fix. Um, and you can only do so much, so much exercise. Um, even if you have all the time in the world, just because you have the time in the day to, which most people don't, but let's say you didn't have to work for a living, you didn't have a family, you didn't have any other obligations or responsibilities, you're still going to be overtraining at a certain point, and that's going to cause other issues as well. So that's why it's just work smarter, not harder. You know, there's a lot of people that when the scale plateaus, instead of pulling more, sometimes I'll pull more food, but sometimes I'm going to say, hey, this weekend, I want you to go eat an extra 100 grams of carbs purely from fruit or or whatever the case is. I might just say, go have an extra 100 grams of carbs this weekend. And and if somebody's trying to lose weight, the last thing they're ever going to think to do on their own is, hey, I'm going to go have a, have a, a, a not a splurge day, but I'm going to go purposefully increase my carbs. It might have a cheat meal or a cheat meal, you know, a cheat day kind of factored into it, but that's kind of also what that that higher day is going to be serving for anyway, is kind of spike that metabolism as well. But it just, it just helps having somebody that is not going to panic when they see something that's not maybe optimal on the scale. Uh, whereas when you're too close to it, it's very easy to overreact. Again, proving the point to why just check-ins are so, so crucial. Or it could just be the fact that, hey, you nailed your food, you nailed your exercise, but you slept like shit all week. You had a very, very stressful week this week. And because that cortisol was a lot higher from the lack of sleep, from the higher stress, now your weight didn't budge. Maybe you gained a couple of pounds um, because of it. And so if your diet was on check and your exercise was on check, you didn't just magically gain weight. There's something that was off. And if your food was truly 100% you know, on point and consistent like it had been the prior few weeks, and the only thing that was different was that, you know, maybe your digestion was off. Maybe you were a little bit sick. Maybe you were just higher stress. There's a, there's a reason for why that, what that's going on. Um, so again, just proving the point why, you know, check-ins are so, so important. So Lisa, Stevie, you guys are new here. Those check-ins are absolutely crucial. But uh, any I other actually think we're going to be looking forward to the check-ins. Good, good, good. I love that. I feel like a lot of people are always looking forward to those check-ins until they have a bad week, though. So that's that's the biggest challenge. When you have a shitty week, um, those are by far the most important weeks. To, those are not the weeks to go and hide and say, I don't want to talk about it. We we got to show up on those days more so than the, than the, than the weeks that were great um, and be accountable. You know, me with my coaches, if I had a bad week, or if I, you know, had, um, if I ate out just more, usually, usually I'm pretty on it with a lot of things, but I just have a, you know, a week or two where social gatherings and stuff like that are a little bit more. And, you know, with me being a bodybuilder, when I'm in prep, I don't partake in any of that. So I'm out of prep. It's important that, you know, to, it's important that I show to my wife and to my friends and my family that I'm, I'm, I'm here and I'm present with this stuff. So when I, when I kind of live those things like that, you know, I don't really want to go check with my coach and say, Hey, the scale is up two pounds this week. Um, but I know he's not going to panic. I know I'm not going to panic and then go and drop all my food tomorrow. You know, the next day I'm going to stay patient with it, just get back on track. And that's really all we got to do. So I look forward to see you guys on check-in day. What is your thought and opinion on supplements? Um, L-carnitine, reds, greens, um, as we're talking about like gut health and yeah. Yeah. So, um, the first thing I would say with like, especially since you brought up gut health is we want to start with the basics. I want to make sure your sleep's on point, your water intake's on point, 
and your your nutrition habits are consistent. Um, we want to kind of cross over those first, you know, the, the, those big dominoes first and make sure that those things are in check. Supplements are very, very helpful. And you'll hear me talk about this a lot is our hierarchy of needs. I've done just sole podcasts on that. And so that starts with sleep and stress management are the very, very top of that hierarchy of needs. If nothing else is going to go right, we want to try to do our best with keeping those two things optimized as most as we can. You know, so that's keeping a healthy bedtime routine, keeping a healthy, you know, wake up routine, staying in a good cycle with that stuff. And then obviously moderating stress in a healthy and positive way, Um, being able to recognize those stresses, you know, put a label to it and then handle it in a healthy way versus an unhealthy way. Um, Then the second second thing on that hierarchy needs is controlling our nutrition and water intake. Water intake, in my opinion, is by far the easiest things for any of us to control. And I'm not going to get into my normal rant with it, but we live in America. We got access to clean drinking water. I mean, even though our, our, um, you know, what comes out of our normal faucets at home, it might not be the most optimal water, still better than a huge chunk of the entire world's population. So take advantage of that. That should never be something we lack in. And if you hate the water or the taste of water, then you are just a very irritating person drinking goddamn water. Uh, but aside from that, though, the nutrition side of things, um, you know, control that. Third on that would be exercise. Supplements would be fourth. So we want to optimize the first three things first. Now, of course, we can add in supplements from the very, very beginning, but just keep that in mind that those supplements are filling in the missing gaps for what everything else isn't. L-carnitine, fantastic supplement, though. Um, reds and greens, um, I have kind of mixed feelings on it. Um, a lot of those greens powders, those veggie powders and stuff like that, um, they're just known to have higher levels of, of uh, like heavy metals in there. Um, and that's not necessarily purposeful. It's, it's usually just the way that the, the stuff is processed. You are getting quality vitamins and minerals out of it, but you're still kind of also overloading your kidneys with those heavier metals and that type of toxins that they then have to kind of filter out. Um, but with that said, though, good things as well. If you notice improvements with them, then go for it. Um, in terms of supplements, though, so you know, I haven't get, I haven't built out your guys' programs yet, of course. Um, but when I do go to do those over the next couple of days, supplements will be a part of that diet plan that I will kind of build in and recommend some. Some really, I always start with just the basics, unless we have like lab work right off the bat, or we have you know uh, digestive issues that we know about right off the bat that. I know what is going to help optimize those things and fix them. Um, then usually I just start with the basics. We start with all the other changes and then we'll go in and make, you know, more specific uh, supplement rec- recommendations. Getting what lab work done is one of the best things you can do though, to really, that's what's going to inform us even more so on the supplementation side of things is what are, what are our labs showing? Good question though. Good questions tonight, ladies. Appreciate you guys all being here. Um, yeah, Krista, what's up? I was going to kind of circle back to what you said about how important check-ins are and, and then not living and dying by the scale because I would fall into this trap of, oh, I'm going to check in on Thursday. Well, let me see what the scale says on Friday. And then uh, if it's better, I'm going to check in on Friday. Oh, well, uh, maybe if I'm working really hard. Maybe the scale's going to be better on Saturday and that'll yeah. be my check-in. So it just keeps getting pushed back because you think, I'm going to continue to improve. I'm going to continue to improve. My check-in is going to be better. But you almost have to make like a pact with yourself of like, okay, I'm routinely going to check in at this time, regardless of what the deadline is. Like if the yeah. deadline's Friday at noon and that doesn't work for you, like my lunch is at one. And so, yeah. okay, I've already missed that deadline. So I'm going to need to do Thursdays and not like 
let my, allow myself to keep going. Maybe the next day yeah. is going to be a little yeah. better. Well, so and, I, and I usually like it's reminders. and usually it's even worse because usually, I mean, not in your situation, but people have a bad week and they're going to say kind of the same thing is like, you know, you're in your situation, you might push it off to Friday or to a Saturday, whereas other people they'll say, oh, I had a bad week. I don't want to talk about it this week. I'm just going to commit to to crushing it next week so I can have a good check in. And almost, you know, I would say probably 99 times out of 100, you end up having the same shitty week, if not worse than what you did before, because you didn't do the hard part to sit down and be accountable with it. That that's obviously not you, Krista, but um, that kind of you know sparks that thought with it though. But you're 100 right though. You know, still checking on Thursday. And hey, if you think that the scale is gonna be lighter, if you think that. Uh, you know, maybe maybe you went out to eat and you had a cheat meal on Wednesday, even though that's the one thing that I would try to control is we ideally, if we can plan ahead for it, we don't plan our cheat meals for the the night before just because that's a it's a variable. And I don't know exactly what that cheat meal looked like. I don't know how much calories was it. Was it really high fat? Was it really high carb? So there's just other variables to kind of go into it. So that's why I always say, you know, if we can you know, check-in days on Thursday. Let's try to save our cheat meal for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I think that's usually when most people want to do it anyway. It gives you something to look forward to all week. You know, while you're in work mode and your schedule and your routine, go ahead and crush that as best you can. Um, but also, like for me, I like to save that for you know a date night with my wife, or if I'm seeing you know friends and family on the weekend, then I'm I'm reserving that cheat meal for then. Um, it's always funny to me when somebody's like, "Yeah, I I had a." whatever McDonald's or whatever the case is, you know, Tuesday for lunch. And I'm like, you know, in that situation, shit, you should have just tracked your macros and fit it into what your macros for the day. And then you didn't even have to use it as a cheat meal. Not that you should abuse that and use that, that method too often, but if it's just a random day and you just had to eat out, you don't have to make that your cheat meal. You can still have a cheat meal that weekend, but just track your macros with it, fit it into what your plan is, order a healthier thing. Don't go get the, the, the giant big Mac or two of them, um, you know, get the grilled chicken or something of that nature. But yeah, you're right though, Krista. Just check. Yeah, just get get used to whatever that routine is. And that's the other thing too. If you're constantly kind of shifting it around on what kind of works for you, it's very easy to just not be in a routine with it, and then you're forgetting the check in before too long. And then you know, I come knocking at your door. Hey, where's where's my check in at? Well, and I notice a pattern with myself is you get that pat on the back with your check-in and then you start your week stronger mm-hmm. and then your motivation starts to wane through the week and you're like, oh, another check-in's coming and I'm going to get that energy. I'm going to get that boost again and then start off the week strong again. So it's nice to have that cycle too, for people to have that you're in the right direction. These are the good things you're doing. So always yeah. shocking to me that someone would skip a check-in. Yeah. 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 Uh- me, me, me too. And it's more so almost for the financial reason. Like if, if you're paying for check-ins, if you're paying for the accountability, if you're paying for the whole program, I'm going to use every, every aspect of it that I can and try to squeeze as much juice out of it as I can. So that's what I expect people to do as well with it. So um, you're hundred percent right with that. And, and honestly, you know, you know, I've made um, a couple of frustrated posts um, over the years with it. Um, you know, one, a handful of months ago, it, it's, it's just doing a giant disservice to yourself. And, you know, my job is to hold you accountable, but with this being online, I'm not coming to your house to get your check-in. I'm sitting here in front of my computer waiting for your check-in. So you have to at least take that one step to do that part. Um, But like you said, though, I mean, usually in what most people consider a bad week for them, they they're focusing on one negative. They're focusing on one bad meal or a couple bad meals or one bad aspect. Maybe they just didn't do exceptional. 
but they did a lot of other good things as well. And by not checking in, I don't have a chance to give you props that I don't have a chance to tell you to give yourself grace and just to bounce back. I don't have that chance to see a problem and try to provide a solution and, you know, positive feedback with it. I, you're, you're, you're taking that opportunity away from me to actually coach you. And you're taking that the opportunity away from you to be coached. And, and that's just why it's super, super important though. Um, but yeah, good, good, good points, Krista. I appreciate it. Well, ladies, it was a great talking to you tonight. Lisa, Stevie, thanks for being on here before you even get rocking and rolling with the program because we're going to even start until Monday. But I love your dedication and being on here together. It also helps doing with, you know, the, doing this with the best friend as well. Um, so, yeah, you know, be on these as much as you can. But if you can't for some reason, then um, you will be sent the um, and I posted in the in the community group, but I don't think you guys are in those yet. I'll be adding you in the next few days, but anywho, though, um, I appreciate you guys all being on here. Hopefully this was helpful to you. Um, you know, if you haven't gone through a reverse diet yet or things of that nature, understand that we will all go through it. You all should go through it. It should be a part of a dieting approach. When I say dieting, I, I don't necessarily mean that in, in just a fat loss phase diet is what you eat. I love, yeah, Stevie, you said drinking your GD water. You are 100% correct about that. Um, but yes, um, anyway, though, you guys have a wonderful rest of, your, rest of your evening, your Wednesday evening. Everybody else have a great Monday and start to your work week. I will see you guys all on check-in day. Have a good night, guys. Mm-hmm.